Hello, everybody in podcast world. This is Scotty Carlisle, and I got a question for you. Are you dealing with chaos? Are you dealing with frustration or loneliness? Do you have something that is hard for you to handle? Keep listening, and I think I might have an answer for you to help. That answer comes in the form of a word. That word is move. In order to help yourself, help somebody else. And in order to do that, you have to move. You can't help somebody by sitting on your ass. Well, maybe some of you can. So move is an acronym. M is make a difference in somebody else's life. O is to offer up your time, talents, and gifts. And V is to find victory in the small things. That just means appreciate what you have. Yeah, sometimes life sucks. Get over it. How do you get over it? You find victory in the small things. That just means you appreciate what you have. And then E, well, that's encourage others. So it's a secret. Get out of yourself. Help someone else, which will then help yourself. And that's how that works. So what we're going to do in the Move podcast is we are going to dissect people's lives that have had to deal with some adversity and they decide to have a certain attitude about that. And that attitude allows them to handle what they're going through and it allows them to impact others. But before we get started, I got a question for you. How can you move? Blake has this unique gift of saying what he wants and God, or whoever you believe in or whatever you want to believe in, manifests it into his life. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm Scotty Carlisle. This is the Move Podcast. And today, we're going to be talking to Derek Gutierrez. Derek Gutierrez and I have been friends for about 15 years. But today was the first time we got in depth with a story that happened to him about 27 years ago regarding the birth of his first son, Blake. There were some complications during that procedure, and he is still living with issues that have been created from that day. And we get into the choices he's made, the actions that he's took, and how the largest problem that he thought he would face in his life became the number one purpose that gave his life meaning. Without further ado, Derek Gutierrez. I think we're live, huh? I think we're live. <laughs> so I'll give it a second. I don't know if anybody's actually going to even look at the Facebook or, or not. But right. <clears throat> what the heck? But anyway, either way, we're live regardless. We're ready. Uh, everybody or nobody, whoever's watching, it's okay. <laughs> you know, Derek and I had a conversation before and we did this little podcast. And there were some real nuggets that, help, that helped him overcome adversity. And he has a very interesting story. And so I wanted to actually go live as an experiment and see how this works and ask him some very specific questions and 
for anybody that would like to, you guys can check it out and maybe glean a couple nuggets of wisdom and, you know, helping you deal with adversity and, you know, otherwise maybe you can laugh because we'll probably screw something up. I know I probably will. <laughs> but anyway, we're going live and we're going to see how it works. So I would like Derek to take a second and introduce himself. He's done a lot of different things and it kind of plays into the conversation that we're going to have on how he has dealt with adversity. And I just want everybody to hear it. So without further ado, Mr. Derek Gutierrez, could you introduce yourself? Ah, yeah. Thanks, Scotty. You know, it's always interesting introducing yourself because it's that idea of, you know, like, who am I really? You know, I'm a, I'm a dad. I'm a husband, I'm a son, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a business person. I, I give a lot of myself, both my, you know, my wife and I, we dedicate a lot of our time to people that, that need help. And that time can be, be divided in a lot of ways. I and mean, we divide our time through our engagement encounter, where Joanne and I are both, um, presenters for the Catholic Church, and we do marriage preparation. So you have to go through our weekend retreat in order to get signed off to get married in the Catholic Church. And we have Special Olympics, which with, with my son, Blake, who is a, a special needs adult, if you will. He has intellectual and developmental disabilities. It was something that was onset um, during the birthing process that wasn't anything genetic. And so my wife and I have become very involved and become coaches for bowling and bocce ball as a result of our, as, of our son Blake. And then just on a personal level, I, I love speech and development. And it's one of the things that we've both been working on, which I think a lot of time pulls back around to this podcast. And that's something that's real special to me to help people realize their potential reach their goals, overcome adversity, and get the things that they want out of their life, not only for themselves, but for their families. And uh, that's kind of my goal, Doug. Okay. So, makes sense. And what I would like to do is, you know, we've talked about a lot of different things. Toastmasters, I've heard some interesting speeches. Um, but one thing that keeps coming up again and again and again, and probably a big reason why I have leaned toward asking you more questions is because of your son. You had a son that was born that had, um, you had a situation. Mm -hmm. And I'd like, to, I'd like to talk about Blake. His name is Blake. And he is, uh, as you will hear if you listen to the whole thing, uh, he's a very interesting character. And he has been a true blessing. But initially, that wasn't the case in their mind because they got hit with some bad news that they thought and it had then, then they had to deal with it and so that's really what i want to dive into so derek could you talk a little bit about blake yeah absolutely blake is <laughs> blake is god's child he's god's child where, where's that right here right here god's god's child where's that? oh you can't see the cross but yes he is god's <laughs> child Man, this kid's just got a beam of light that shines through him. But the, you only discover that as time goes by. And my wife and I, we were just babies, <laughs> having a baby. 
And of course, everybody knows more than we know, but we didn't know anything was wrong. Um, we, even after birth, we didn't really realize, you know, anything was wrong. Although we do know that we had like a 911 moment during his birth, but being two dumb kids, we didn't really know. We're like, oh, okay, it seems like stuff's going on, but oh, cool, we got a healthy, we got a healthy child. And then as years go by, you begin to recognize things. Well, actually, I should say, our parents and family and friends begin to recognize things because Joanne and I seemed to, we weren't quite mature enough to recognize the full developmental stages of where a child should be. Walking, talking, interaction, those types of things. And Blake was very delayed on all of those. But really fast, very specifically, when Blake was born, mm -hmm. what was the traumatic situation? Mm -hmm. Great question. He got stuck in Joanne's birth canal on the way out. So as, as his head was, you know, it was cresting through. And back then they used those little suction cups, like a little Dixie cup. Oh, yeah. And they would pop it on the head and they would try to pull the baby out, which freaked me out because what happened is that little suction cup popped off his head. And I remember thinking like, oh, my God, my kid's head shaped like a Dixie cup. And then he kind of dropped back in there, and that's when all this happened. So the end result is after lots of testing and all these things that we've done through all the years, Blake was deprived oxygen at birth because he got stuck in Joanne's birth canal. And that minute of lack of oxygen created enough brain damage that stemmed through all of Blake's development. And I mean, all of it, even to this day, Blake is 27 years old and many of the things he's not really been able to kind of get around, kind of the same problems, I don't even call them problems, same behaviors that aren't necessarily bad, um, kind of like teenage kids. He's 27, but he's still like 10 years old. Got it. Still watches Thomas the Tank, all his cartoons, wants to talk about him. So he's really like a 10 year old kid that's got this degree of level of understanding of what it's supposed to be like to be an adult you know he wants to grow up and have a family and kids and get a job he wants to be normal why would anybody <laughs> want to be normal how old is he again he's 27 27 be, right now okay. he was born 92 so he'll be 28 this year and he still lives with us we still care for him um he won't drive or do anything like that <laughs> which is tough because he loves man he loves Back to the Future, he loves Starsky and Hutch, he, <laughs> he loves Dukes of Hazards, all those things I grew up with. He's got a, just an affinity for all of this kind of stuff. And so um, I find it quite interesting how he has an affinity for things I grew up with in today's day and age. Huh. Yeah, yeah, so. So um, from all of the things that you've talked about, a lot of it centers around attitude. And I feel a lot of times, you know, we, we think about our situations and we get frustrated because things aren't like we think they should be. And it's easy to get depressed. It's easy. There's so much noise between Facebook, between uh, just go outside, go to the store, look at everybody. Everybody's, well, not as many people are wearing a mask now, but, you know, there's, there's so many things that you could be negative about. The more you think about, the more things you have to be negative about. 
And one, I, one blessing I believe with Blake is that he has a very simple demeanor and what he thinks about, he almost like a one-track mind. And that has helped in a lot of different ways. And, and maybe, Derek, you could talk about a situation where he was focused on, on one thing and, and you are like, you know, you see the big picture and you're like, hey, no, son. And then, you know, maybe you can elaborate on a situation that, like that. That is great. Uh, so we've got lots of situations. And, and it goes back to what I said at the beginning, like Blake is God's child. Like he's just got this beam of light that shines on him. And everything he thinks about and everything he wants just comes together in his life. And, and I can think of um, multiple things. But I'm going to start with this one. Blake was the homecoming king. And I remember, okay, so Blake was the first special needs homecoming king in the Inland Empire at Santiago High School, class 2011. Wow. And Blake was mainstream. And his personality and his, you just cannot help but love this kid. Hold on, you know what? I gotta, I gotta, we gotta talk about that. I wanna go ahead and put a, a picture up. Oh, yeah, there you go. So go ahead and elaborate that. That's, oh, that's Mr. Blakey right that's there. Mr. Huh? That's Blake. So, so you gotta imagine, my wife and I are laying in bed one evening, and Blake comes to us and he says, I'm gonna be the homecoming king. And we're like, okay, well, you know, you know, parents, right? We got, we always got like, oh, uh, here, let me give you the reality, son. <laughs> And we say, well, it doesn't work that way. You have to go out there. You have to promote yourself. You've got to put flyers. And you've got to really go out there and tell everybody, like, I want to be the homecoming king. Vote for me. And he goes, well, I'm going to be the homecoming king. And we're like, no, did, did you hear what we just said? There's, there's work to do. And he's like, okay, but I'm going to be the homecoming king. And I remember my wife and I, we looked at each other and we said, this is going to be interesting because... Blake has this unique gift of saying what he wants and God, or whoever you believe in or whatever you want to believe in, manifests it into his life. He says he wants it, and man, it like shows up. And it's actually taught me as an adult who lacked faith early on in my life, didn't see things that way, always tended to take more of a negative, pessimistic view. Let me... Let me find all the problems and everything. Whereas Blake, on the other hand, he finds the goodness in everything. Long story short, Blake won Homecoming King by a landslide because of his demeanor and his love for people and his fearlessness that uh, he just went out there and got it. Uh, one of the most amazing times of our life. Um, my wife and I, we were bawling. We even remember the girls that were in his yoga class. These girls started getting mad at us in the stands. They're like, hey, you're blocking us. And we're like, no, that's our kid. And they're like, oh, Blake's your, Blake's your son. Like, oh, my gosh, we love Blake. He's in our yoga class and everything. And you just fall in love. And uh, it's, it's an interesting thing because we as adults, as we get older, we get all these roadblocks and negative garbage that influences the way that we feel about ourselves and the way we feel about what we can do in the world. Blake doesn't have those. He doesn't have inhibitions. He doesn't think about what he can't do. 
another great example, and this is a cornerstone to Blake's life. So <laughs> Blake loved The Water Boy with Adam Sandler. So when Blake hit high school, very much a fan of football, he hustled the Water Boy job. And he got the Water Boy job. And he was <laughs> Water Boy the whole entire time. At Santiago? Time. What's that? At Santiago? At Santiago. Yeah, absolutely. But here's the backstory to that. Blake with certain needs, always uh, food was a fixation. Food, 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 food. And it really ballooned him up. And um, before he hit high school, I was like, dang, I got to help this kid lose some weight. So I started taking him to the gym with me. And I remember this specific moment in time because, quite honestly, most of us as adults, we would have totally missed it. And you'll understand what I'm saying when I give you this quick storyline. So Blake and I are working on a machine at LA Fitness, and we're doing, we're doing curls, right? And he's on the other side of the machine. So we're working independently, but we're about three feet apart. Three feet apart. And I hear these guys behind me, they come up and they say, hey, what you working on? Well, Blake says, I'm working on being the water boy. Well, I'm over here trying to allow Blake to be independent, have his own conversation, and I think in my head, I'm like, eh, wrong answer. They're asking what you're doing on the machine, not really like, what are you doing? But because Blake was so hyper-focused on being the water boy, that's what he talked about. It's all he talked about. So the guys, they're like, oh, water boy, what school? Who's the, oh, that school, Santiago, I know the coach. Well, you know what, tell you what, I'm going to put a good word in for you. I really like you. Blake got the water boy job. Then later he got the sports medicine job. His brother played football and came up when Blake was a senior. Corbin was a freshman. He played football. Blake got to be in sports medicine that whole time. Blake got seven years of high school, four on his own and three with his brother. Wow. Are doing that. And all it proved is that his hyper-focus, his single-minded focus, his energy in telling everybody everywhere he went what he wanted manifested exactly what he wanted. We don't do that. We don't tell everybody everywhere we go what we want so we don't get what we want. Blake has proven to me over and over and over again that the outside world listens to what he has to say and he gets what he wants by his actions and his verbal actions and a pretty cool thing so that's uh that answer hopefully that answers your question no that 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 does answer the questions and, and you actually touched upon a few different things which i think needs to be brought up because maybe somebody out there has had a situation i know that we we had a situation with my son and and you are scared shitless. You don't know what to do. And it always helps when you've talked to somebody else that has been in the situation. But one other thing I want to think about. So obviously, he has bestowed blessings on you and a perspective on you that before him you would have never understood or you would have never seen. But I also want to talk about, because a lot of people that have kids have other kids, and I want to maybe dig a little bit into 
the way that Blake's situation has affected his brother. And Corbin has had an interesting life so far. And I'd just like to ask you a little bit more in depth on how Blake's, you know, you say disability, but when you look at it, is it really a disability or is it a leg up? Because we're all, we think we're smart. We're not, you're not smart. If you think you're smart, you're really not smart. <laughs> the the oh, more things you think about, the more, the more issues you have, you know? And so I feel like the more simple, the more profound. And so anyway, I'd like to find out a little bit more in depth about how Blake's situation has affected Corbin. It's about the simple, you know, it's like that old sales thing, kiss. Keep it, um, keep it simple. What is it? Stupid. Keep it simple, stupid, right? <laughs> and, um, and that is by no means implying to my son stupid because he's pretty smart. And I'll tell you what, he's a master manipulator. That guy is. <laughs> um, but, yes, yeah, so, so the family, the family. Uh, when you have a special needs child, and now granted, I... So those of you out there that might be listening to this that have friends who have children that have special needs, or maybe yourself, there's varying degrees. Everything is labeled autistic spectrum now, and it, it just it gives us this broad idea of all these different types of disabilities. My son Blake is intellectually and developmentally disabled, which is, again, a new phrase for the times. And it just simply states that these are things he struggles with. Now, you could have downs or you could have se severe downs or other types of cerebral palsy and things like that that are beyond Blake. Um, we feel blessed with Blake. Despite all his challenges, really, um, it could be worse. But it's not because if, as a parent, you recognize the differences in your child and then what you do is you become a better person. What can I do to enrich my child's life? How can I behave? What actions can I take? What can I say to my child? How can I interact with them that allows me, one, because most, most parents, believe it or not, it's the weirdest thing, man. They write their kids off. They want their teachers to raise them. They want to blame everybody else for what's going on with their kid and not take zero responsibility for the fact that you've got a child who is behind the eight ball, life is tough, and then you don't do the things that you need to do to help them. My family and I, my wife and I, we made a stern commitment is we were not going to allow Blake's disability to define him. So coupled with his personality, his outlook in life, and my wife and I's commitment to making his life better, we partnered with teachers, the schools, and everything that we could master and get all the resources for Blake to develop him. Well, in doing all of this, my wife was PTA everything, classroom mom everything, and Corbin, as you were asking about, was four years younger and grew up in the special needs classes because Joanne was the room mom. So aside from our normal social circle, Corbin was exposed to various kids with special needs. And as a result of that, he's an extremely compassionate, well-rounded. He is the fighter for the underdog. He will defend you to the death. 
and he will always be in your corner. But what makes it unique is Corman is not your average person. He's exceptionally intelligent. His IQ is very high. Uh, his physique is an Adonis. So I have two children that are complete opposites. Um, Corbin was a successful football player both in high school and college. Um, now he's graduating college with his degree in biomedicine. And the beautiful thing is he can't wait to graduate so that he can come home and he can go get his own place and take Blake away from us, <laughs> if you will, wow. and have Blake go live with him so that he can enrich Blake's lives because their social circles are similar. They have a lot of the same friends they all grew up with, but Blake can't drive. He can't go hang out with friends or do things, so he requires his brother. So his brother is so loving and understanding of him that he wants to come home, have Blake live with him, and give him a better quality of life that he believes that Joanne and I are not necessarily capable of giving him the same quality of life because we don't have the social influence mm. that they have at that same level. And I think with that, you know, Blake has just made us better. He's forced us to look outside. Like, if your kid has no learning disabilities, you just go, here you go, there's your homework. Teacher gave it to you. Nope. Basic math, basic words, basic, 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 basic. And you're constantly repeating to try to get those things to help him become better. And I think the most profound thing in all of that is the ability to show him where, remember, you couldn't do this, but now you can. And it helps him to recognize, like, oh, yeah, that was hard. That was very defeating. But here it is a couple of years later, and like, ah, that's no problem now. I got that. <laughs> so you use that and go, you think that's hard, but remember when that was hard and now you can do it? And he can agree. Yeah, I remember that. Well, there you go. Let's stick to that. That's not something we can't do. We don't use the word can't. And I will say this. My wife and I are not the easiest parents. But we refuse to allow Blake's disabilities to define him. Even though he'll always be a special needs boy, he'll always have that. But it won't define him. Wow. And that was one of our most important things is he's got more in him than we have in us. And we just got to keep pushing ahead to keep up with him. So, and that's the thing is that, and, and again, why I wanted you to come on here is because it's about perspective and without, <clears throat> you know, it's special needs, but if you just leave that second word out, it's special. And time and time again, you are reminded that he's special. And so I know there are a lot of situations out there and you always have a choice of how you're going to handle a situation. You can be hands-on or you can, you know, let other people take care of it. So, so now obviously, like you said before, there are varying degrees of needs. And, you know, my question to you is when, if you have a parent or parents that are out there that are looking at what are our options? How are we going to handle this? Do we, do we keep him? Do we maybe get help from a government facility or how, you know, 
Do you have an opinion on that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll kind of roll that question backwards just because there is a lot of assistance. You know, it's one of the things that we never took advantage of. I was fortunate where I, you know, I earned enough money in my life, but I didn't feel like I needed to take advantage of some of the resources. In hindsight, I should have been taking advantage of those all along. And as a parent, if you find yourself, you're young and, you know, you're early 20s and just, you know, you haven't experienced a lot of life and now you're, you know, you're married, you got a baby and all of a sudden maybe your baby has you know, some type of disability. There's a lot of them, so I'm not going to try to like name disabilities. They go from here to here. And ultimately what you have to do is recognize, and again, I don't know if you're a believer or not, but recognize that God gave you this child with all these obstacles and all these challenges because he believed that you could be that parent. And most importantly, you owe it to them. You owe it to your child to give them 150% of your life. You lay your life down for your child. And I know many of you would be like, oh yeah, you know, I'd do that in a minute. But my son's 27. I've seen him go through the entire school system with multitudes of special needs kids. And I promise you, only 10% of those parents ever showed up. They kind of threw their arms up and said, oh, well, I can't fix that. Yeah, you can. There's a lot of things that you can do. Never give up. Keep pushing hard. Expect more out of yourself. And when you do that, your child will become more because you have to set the baseline for who you want to be for your child. And then by virtue of what you decide to be for that child and every string you're going to pull, every resource, every person you're going to talk to, everything you're going to possibly do to build them up so that you can level the playing field for them, I promise you, none of that goes wasted. Here's the only trick. You don't know anything that helps your child until there's a certain moment in time when the people around you have recognized the growth of your child and they go, man, you did a good job. We hear all the time, like, oh my gosh, you guys were kids and you had a special needs kid. Oh my God, it had to be so hard. No, it wasn't. It was just, I had to raise my kid. That's all it was. I have to raise my kid and I've got to raise him well. So he's got some more challenges. Dude, I got challenges. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm like fighting over my own garbage that I got going all <laughs> swimming along in here. So to have my son who's so simple and I can work on simple things with him and those are easy, progressionable, measurable steps that he takes in his life. Heck yeah. So parents, don't be fearful. Embrace the indifference that's in your child. Embrace the gift that you have because you're going to have to be way better. You're going to have to be way better than you ever thought that you were capable of being. And at the end of the day, that difference of your betterment spills over to your child. It enriches their life. They see the world differently. They see it more confidently. They see it with more love. And they see it with their parent standing right by their side, knowing that no matter what the world throws at them, that they're going to be good. That is what 
want for your child. You do not want them to be scared, fearful, inferior, or anything other than being confident. Because special needs kids, they can have confidence too. It's not reserved for us normal people. As if there's any such thing as normal. <laughs> Actually, we're, we're, we're the ones who are not normal. I agree. I, I agree. Think <laughs> that their simplicity in life makes them normal. We just screw everything up by trying to throw it all in there and figure it all out. I agree. I totally agree. So, okay, we talked about Blake. We talked about his effect on basically the family, basically Corbin. Um, how about... Let me flip the script. I like doing this because, you know, everybody can say, oh, rainbows and butterflies and everything is beautiful, right? <laughs> yeah. But, but we all know that in order to get there, you have to go through some shit. Mm, and you, did you know shit is not a bad word? Shit actually means separate. And it was from the word, derived from the word shite, which is old English, that it was not a cuss word. I don't know. At some point it became a cuss word. But anyway. Uh, it's not like shit. Talky mushrooms. <laughs> those are my favorite. Shit talking mushrooms. I love those. <laughs> well, my question to you, Derek, is have there been situations where you and your wife have actually had some some hard adversities that was hard to get over because of that? Or has it always been you guys have always just had a positive attitude and we're gonna overcome it and everything's gonna be good? Or, or were there any situations where you had to really ask yourself, what, God, why, and what the hell am I going to do? Have there been any moments like that? Okay, so I'm going to give you guys a real personal one right now. Uh, you know, we've had challenges with Blake. Uh, gosh, you know, let me, let me, I don't want We've had challenges with Blake because we've had to learn to understand ourselves a little bit more, right? And, you know, schooling has been challenging. You know, he gets tired like every other kid. And we're forcing words down his throat. You know, um, he's had to have adaptive PE. He's had to have speech class. He's had to have all these extra things that Joanne and I have had to really, like, sign on for going, okay, it's outside of the normal thing. But I'd have to say, you know, one of the biggest challenges as he becomes more developed as an adult, one of the big things that Joanne and I have struggled with is parenting. You know, we've been parenting, we've been micromanaging every parent move since the beginning. But now Blake's going to be 28. Uh, Blake likes to watch his own movies. He likes to do his own thing. He... Um, you know, the, the question of sex came up. You know, Blake's 27. He's never had any kind of relationship like that. But yet he wants a family. So we're like, okay, how do we manage that? And I'm going to tell a story. Blake would play his video games, Vice uh, uh, City, and he learned how to go into these, like, strip clubs. You know, that's his parents. So I mean, this is pretty funny. I got to tell the story. But... Um, you think, oh, my kid's safe. Well, he learned how through this game about strip clubs and, and dancers and ended up figuring out how to go online and contacted a gal 
somehow. So the story is one day I'm taking him to BaseFit or CrossFit, as many of you know, and he grabs his bag and brings it into the car. And I'm thinking, like, why do you grab that, dude? And um, he says his, his girlfriend from church was going to pick him up. And I'm like, oh, okay, what time is she picking you up? The story didn't, like, kind of fit together. And I was suspicious, like, hmm, what's going on? Well, his grandma picked him up from the gym, calls us from the Holiday Inn Express off the 15, and says, hey, we're over here, and Blake's trying to meet some girl by the name of Mary Jane. Oh, man. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Mary Jane, I, that can't be right. So I said, come home. That is not right. He's got no party with Mary Jane at Holiday Inn Express. So he comes home, I grab his phone, and I'm looking at it. And he's like, I'm hot. I'm ready to go. I want. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. This is, a, this is no man's land. I've never crossed this path on this kind of level where my son's wanting to have sex. <laughs> so I grab his phone. The girl's been asking for his credit card info and all this stuff. And my wife and I were like, oh, my God. We handle this. So you know what we did? We called our youngest son. <laughs> we called Corbin and we said, dude, your brother is into some stuff. Needs help. You and the boys need to get with him and you need to discuss this girl porn thing because it's not real life. And um, that was a really, really weird one, but Circling back around to the relationship with Corbin and how it's changed him, Corbin was, oh, okay. Yeah, I'll talk to Blake. Me and the boys, we'll talk to Blake. We'll kind of set him straight on all this. And that was a godsend. I was able to use my son to take me and my wife out of an uncomfortable situation talking about sex with our special needs son who doesn't totally understand it all. Wow. And that was a great moment. And we haven't really had to deal with any of that any longer. So our number one goal for Blake is creating an adult out of him at 30 years old. That's the magic year, 30. We're all working towards that. And we have now set ourselves up as roommates. So there's mom, there's dad, and Blake, and we're all roommates. But uh, Blake inspires us, forces us, pushes us to want to be more than who we are because we can see what he gives to the world. And uh, I know you're going to want to keep something up here. And we've all heard of Mr. Rogers. Blake loves Mr. Rogers. And I had a thing that popped up on Instagram which made me want to ask him questions. And if you've got this queued up, I'd love for you guys just, just to see a little snapshot into Blake's life and how much he loves Mr. Rogers. Can we, we, can, we can do that. Let's yeah, see. Here we go. Okay. So that, that was Fred's Rogers. Yeah. I, so I was, what part of the belt did, did you like? At the end, it's like yeah, you make a special so. day mm -hmm. just being yourself. Right. And that's instead of being any, instead of copy anybody else, like, like they have like a, like they don't believe themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's me because I always believe myself. Right. Just that's how. And that's what that's what you like about. Do you still watch Mr. Rogers? Yeah. You do. Yeah. That's cool. I still watch it. 
Uh-huh. And, and like, what's your favorite part about Mr. Rogers then? It's the neighborhood in Maple Leaf. Uh-huh. What was the song you said that you were singing at the end? It's, it's such a good feeling. Good feeling that it has. Yeah. But I really like this part about being yourself, huh? Just being yourself. That was, that was a good part. It mm-hmm. took me a while to, as I was a kid. Uh-huh. It took a while, then when I heard him keep singing it, keep singing it in my head. When I started watching it on TV, I was like, you know what? He's right. Uh-huh. He's right. Cool. Mm-hmm. That was that was cool when you pulled that up. I just, just let me think. I was like, it's Mr. Rogers. I think that was a great thing to end on. I, I don't know anything that I could say that would be as profound as that. And um, Derek, do you have any last words that you'd like to throw out there if anybody's listening uh, just for the hell of it? Or yeah. Well, I think Blake's, Blake's thing is just be happy with who you are. He's come to learn to live. He's happy. One of the things that I've learned uh, being a special needs parent is that in most cases, it's our own egos, it's our own inhibitions, it's our own fears that we overlap onto our own children. And the fact of the matter is Blake's inhibitions, fears, and things, none of those line up with where I'm at. And one of the things I began to learn is that Blake is perfectly comfortable with who he is. My issues that I had in the early stages was because I wasn't comfortable with who he was or who he is, or what, that was way back then, I'm way beyond that now, you know, I've had a lot of years to learn through all of this, but my wife and I both discovered is the problems that we had were not the same as Blake's, because he didn't view the problems, only we did as parents, Mm. and if you as a parent separate yourself from that, it's, you put yourself in the way of anything that could be good for your child. And you need to be able to step away from that and go, my child's okay with who they are. I'm going to be okay with who they are. I just kind of have to allow myself to be comfortable in their skin because it's different. It's a fact of the matter. You will find profoundness in your love for your child. You will find profoundness in your tenacity to try to do everything that you can to to make a better them. And right now, 27 years later, Blake, he's an awesome roommate. Yeah, you know what, sometimes he doesn't clean up his room, but you know what, he'll make me lunch, he'll make sure my coffee's good, he'll do those things to support me as a person, um, as I would do for him. And ultimately, his growth as an individual and human being gives me confidence into the future. And I think as a new parent, I think that's the biggest thing we lack is we lack confidence of the future because we're in this unknown. And a lot of times we can only see the negative impact and the negative feelings and not necessarily go like, I'm going to help my son kick this world's ass. And he's going to get everything that he deserves and wants out of it. And most importantly, my child's going to live a happy life. Number one, get yourself out of the way. That's my number one thing. So, God bless you. Wow. Well, I'd have to say I'm pretty happy with how this whole conversation went. Um, I couldn't have really asked for anything better. I think you 
did a amazing job at explaining your personal life and I appreciate that and thank you for sharing thank you for sharing that personal tidbit of you know trial and you know overcoming adversity so we all have our crosses to bear we all have our adversity and I just want to get the message out that you're not alone that there are people out there that have dealt with the same thing that you're dealing with now, and they have nuggets of wisdom because they're on the other side. And I just want to bring more of those to you. And thank you for tuning in. And if you didn't, that's okay too. High five and get on with your life and have a good time. And uh, I think that's it. Yeah, I think we're in it. That sounds good. Okay. Thanks, everybody. I hope you liked what I had to say. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Five, four, three, two, and bye. (laughs) Oh, wait, no. I mean now. Bye.